0: Setup. we should introduce and everything since since we're yeah. already recording oh well well i always just hit the button because that way yeah. if something cool happens and we got it so maybe we're, anyway, we're back yet, but. <laughs> uh we're doing a uh i guess this is be in our interview for our interview shows this would be three michigander shows out of three you're a michigander aren't you joan yeah. yes, am. there we go so you were the first and then we had eric was the second and uh, we're just going to talk to everyone in Michigan. I think.
1: Well, hey, hey, you know what? That's that's where Ernest Hemingway came from. So hey, yeah, we're f- and
0: friendly people. So, but yeah. we're glad to have you back. And we're talking today about uh, your new. And I guess uh, first off, I guess we'll talk about Dime Store Detective Number One, which Tim and I both read, and we love. There's a lot of interesting things here. The number one thing, and I think I texted you about this, John, is the flashback scenes in the black and white art. Yeah. So cool. Uh, oh,
1: thank you. Thank you. You never really? know, you know, black and white. If I had could have done it my way, I would have done the whole thing in black and white because it kind of adds to that noir feel of this comic. But people love color. Plus, the reason I use black and white was to differentiate between the past and the present because people don't like to think with some text when they read it. I've I've got a few people saying, "Well, I got a little confused with Alpha Dogs with flashbacks." And I'm thinking, "Okay, yeah. when well, he's a puppy, can see obviously that. it's a flashback." But um, I try to my best to make it obvious with, uh, like, Salem wearing a beard but he's not wearing a beard. But again, you don't really think that. I sometimes, you know, when you're reading a comic, but you kind of turn your brain off and. And read it so I wanted to make Sure people knew I was going back And forth uh, so I didn't get anybody Confused because It's issue one if they're lost on issue One I've, I might as well just forget about it
2: And that setup page There where you have the scene from the past In black and white and then the present That really really slaps People in the face like this is the past hope This so. is the present that that really works Yeah
1: I hope so and, and yeah. it's, it's the same Spot in the flashback. So when you go back on page two and three, it's the same spot. And that's what I wanted. Once you maybe reread it, it'll be more obvious because then and the last panel is uh, black and white of a body being buried. And in the present mm-hmm. is the cops looking up at the body laying up because that's where the brother and uncle buried the bodies. Now people are totally right. see what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, oh, they will have to read it. Uh, we won't we won't spoil anything. But when, when I'm looking through this here, there's a couple of things that stand out to me is like, one of them is that you're looking at kind of a small town kind of vibe in this. And as someone who grew up in a small town myself, there's lots of things in here that you have, like, you know, we talked about the wall art, and there's the Dixie Star in there. Yeah. There's a lot of that inspired by some of the stuff that maybe you saw change in the where you lived over time, or?
1: You know, I'm going to be honest, where that genesis of that came from. I don't know if you guys have ever watched Lonesome Dove, that miniseries. Mm-hmm. Lonesome, back, I mean, I, it's besides uh, the book uh, Blood Meridian by Cormac McCarthy. Lonesome Dove was my second all-time favorite book. I've read it mm-hmm. twice. Anyway, at the very end of Lonesome Dove, uh, Tommy Lee Jones' character is looking at his town. He comes back to I don't know if you remember, he had buried Gus and he comes back to Lonesome Dove. And it's changed so much. And it's so bittersweet for him. And it's kind of sad for us because he's watching and talking about, and a newspaper is talking about the things they did. He's looking at this town and the memories come back to him. And it was the same kind for me when I come back to my hometown and seeing the changes that I I really wanted people to get a real feel, the environment in this town and how, as you spoke, it, it changes over the years. And it's very bittersweet.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think you really picked that up. It kind of sets the tone for the book. The art in this thing is just everybody involved in this from you on the writing, got Luca and Lucas. Uh Lucas is colorist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two Lucases
1: hey. for the color.
0: Well done. Like everybody should yeah. be really proud of this. Mm-hmm. You could tell yeah. that a lot of heart went into it. And the books super duper quality too. Like I you get a lot of comic I books in that are well. crappy paper and they just look like garbage this is awesome dude this yeah, is well, fantastic I, for, for people, sure
2: it feels like a it feels like a custom piece i was surprised yeah. when i pulled it out
1: yeah yeah well you know people do have to pay a premium for kickstarter books as we all know we can't do five bucks because we're trying to fund the comics so at the very least i can do is make the highest quality i can for the people that back it because you know the comic cost 10 12 Fourteen. Some comics are twenty-five. I try to keep it as low as I can. Oh yeah. With issue one, uh, it was ten dollars, and then twelve for the variant. Issue two is going to be two dollars more because it's an extra four pages. So even though it's, I've had increased, I probably increased it enough, but the comic is is twenty-eight pages as opposed to twenty-four. So there's going to be more bang for your buck with issue
0: two. So. Tell us a little bit about the future, what you got planned for this, or do you have like a definite story arc? Is it all written out? Um, oh, yeah. There's an end you're working to? Yeah, okay. the
1: whole time has been written out, already. it's all done. When I get, it takes me a lot to want to invest the energy and the time to write something because... You never know if you're going to have the funds for it. You never know what tomorrow's going to bring because that is expensive to bring a comic book to life. So it's got to be a story that just like I get up in the morning, I think about it, I go to bed thinking about it. So when I I wrote every issue in one day, that's how obsessed I was. I wrote the issue in one day, and the second day I edited it, and then I let it sit for a week, wrote the next issue then come back and reworked it. And that's that's how I did with it. But almost every issue was written one day because I got up in the morning and I, I was just chomping at the bit to get the story out. The last, you know, like I said, one, two, three, we're, we're getting – there's a lot of that happens, you know, but one, two, three, four, you know, we're getting things set up, but still some payoffs. But I can tell you the last three issues are going to blow people's mind if they – Back my project. <laughs> you got to back it first, so I could get it funded. So you got to back <laughs> issue two. We figure out wh- how the spirit, this evil entity, gets released in in issue one, issue two. So issue one was great. got of got the world figured out. And issue two is when the moonshine war kind of starts to take shape, and we get our first glimpse of this evil entity that gets released inadvertently
2: getting back to so, the to the to the Dixie to the to the Dixie Mafia, right? Partially.
1: So, for people that don't know about issue one of Downstreet Detective, we have this detective Maciner who comes upon this crime scene of a lady that's been left in this Christ-like pose, hung over the burial grounds that the detectives' father and uncle buried multiple bodies forty years ago, and they were involved with this moonshine war, and. Uh, probably a lot of Canadians don't know about the Dixie Mafia. It's, uh, if you think of the sh- the New York Mafia, but the Southern version of it, they control the racketeering, uh, drug running, hit-, hit men. And these guys, in my story, tried to push this family, four generations of moonshiners. The town that they lived in respected it and also feared them. And then you get these guys that are the, you know, real gang that are they believe they're going to just push and ins- intimidate this family out of their business and that does not happen and we go to war uh between the two sides because of something that happens not to i don't want to give away too much of issue too <laughs> but something happens with the with the, the brother and the cousin that uh they, they inadvertently release this, this evil entity. And if you watch the trailer, you kind of get hints of, of what happened. So it'll be a lot of fun for people that liked issue one. They're going to really enjoy issue two once, once we start developing more of the situation for our characters.
0: So uh, one of the things I also noticed was that you're doing a lot of, I guess this year you're able to do a lot more live stuff. And I've seen that you've been to a couple of different events like signings, comic conventions, pop culture conventions, whatnot. What's the response been like?
1: Yeah, well, I, the first thing I ask them just to um, uh, create some fake hype for the comic is I I usually ask, them, "Well, have you heard of Alpha Dogs?" Now, of course, they're going to say no because most there's been a few people that have heard of it, but the majority, you know, don't. I haven't been to. I only got to go to two cons last year, really one and and then one in Grand Rapids that was uh, this this library. So I just barely got my feet wet last year for the, my first con, and now this year I'm going to be going to as many as they'll uh, allow to try to get the word out and keep this comic book going, because it is tough. Um, there's so much competition on uh, Kickstarter and, of course, indie comics uh, you know to stand out amongst the crowd, and I believe that my comics are original and isn't aren't anything you're going to see in comic book stores that hopefully people will take the time to invest in but getting back to your question yeah, they've really enjoyed it I last year I think my record was 25 comics now granted I have 4 comics as a, this year as opposed to 2 but this year, I've done really well with a few Kickstarter, I'm sorry, for the few Comic-Cons that I've been to. People are really, really dig- digging alpha dogs. That they, they just brings the table. I'm sure sort of Detective, they, you know, it's it's a very niche crowd mm. who like this, you know, the noir stories. Now, my belief is it doesn't matter what genre it is, if it's a good story, it's a good story, and if they just you know give it a chance, I think they might might be surprised, but yeah, the, the Comic Cons have done been great, and I've actually gotten picked up a few back in my last Comic Con on Saturday for Dimes for Detective issue two. I
2: was just going to ask a question. Here's here's a sideways thought, but are are you considering writing a book to go with the comic book or
1: any no, other sort of I media have-
2: to go with it at this time? <laughs>
1: Well, if I could I'd get a movie going, that would be ideal. But <laughs> no, I, I have severe ADHD. So sitting there writing a book, the little tedious, I, I can't do. Comics are a perfect medium for me because I like I, uh, doing that 22-page story, getting a good cliffhanger in and, and moving on to the next. Uh, to me, oh, yeah. writing a book is just far too tedious. I like to, I might do yeah, a, tell, you know. Tell us a, about it. <laughs> yeah, you you guys are the authors, not me.
0: Barely. Yeah. <laughs> so future plans, like, where are you going to next with this? I, I mean, uh, people can find you on Kickstarter, and that's, you know, the online community. But for future plans, I guess, where can they find you kicking around? Are you sticking around the state, or are you heading out into uh, uncharted territory here?
1: Uh, no, I'm going to have to stick with Michigan. Now, granted, most of the Comic-Con's already booked Way in advance. So but with my job, I am an inspector for right. construction. Concrete so, inspection. Well, now it's changed. Uh, now they've uh, given me a little bit of a higher position with no more money, but a higher position. So now I have to oversee a building of a road now. So it's a lot more responsibility. No no more money, but a lot more responsibility. So that's my I'm going to be very, very busy this year with that. Unfortunately, I won't be able to go out of state with any cons, and not to mention until I get to be a little bigger of a name, you got to pay for a hotel, you got to pay for all your food. It's, you have to make a lot of money at the time to make it uh, viable. So I'm sticking to Michigan where I can drive. Next, My next con is going to be the farthest away. It's going to be two and a half hours. So that's about as far as I want to go.
0: And what city oh, yeah. is that in?
1: That's going to be in Cadillac, Michigan. That's April 1st. Then I'm going to be in Grand Rap. I'm sorry, Kalamazoo. They changed the venue. It's the Grand Rapids Comic Con, but it's held in Kalamazoo, Michigan. That's April 14th. I'll be in the Monroe, Michigan Comic Con and Flint, which is supposed to be a big one this year. That's in September so. And I got invited to, now most people would think a library. There's Comic Con at a library. Well, I sold as many comics... At this five-hour library comic con than I did over a three-day weekend in our capital city, so I guess it's supply and demand.
2: You get a different clientele at a library than you will at a large event like that. Yeah, and you, and people aren't as probably in a smaller venue. It was I imagine it was smaller, then you don't get yeah. as overwhelmed. I haven't even well, I, been to one of these big cons, and, and yeah, it's pretty. Well, I, it's just.
1: Yeah, well, probably not too. is it's free to get into the, the library. One is free. Well, oh, yeah. you got to pay 30 bucks. So probably they figure, well, I'm not, I might as well put my money somewhere.
0: That's probably a good point. I've been to a couple of Comic-Cons and I think, why do I got to pay money to come in here and buy comics?
1: <laughs> yeah. But
0: uh, that's good. You got a couple of engagement events lined up and uh, yeah. we're hoping that it goes pretty good for you. We're certainly fans so issue two issue one you got that one backed on kickstarter is Mm -hmm. issue two on pace to meet or exceed what you did with issue one
1: or uh you know kickstarter is so frustrating because almost everyone's different but this one is doing slightly better than issue one it's very very i think i've got maybe like one extra backer but it's up 300 more dollars so that's good but Issue two was a lot more expensive to make than issue one. So I need to make quite a bit more for issue two to, you know, not lose my, lose my hair <laughs> on it. Because I, like I said, it's four more pages than issue two. There is more, eh, the color pages are more expensive and there's probably about the equal, it's about 50, 50, like with Dime Story 1 with the color in black and white. So, but those four extra pages and there's another cover Two, there's three covers this time instead of two. So you're talking about a, a, a nice big chunk of change difference between one and two. So I'm going to do my best not to make 28 page comics again because it got a little, it got very expensive. So originally, Dime Store 2 was going to be, I'm sorry, Dime Store Detective was going to be eight issues. And it looks like it's going to have to be nine because most of the series is 28 pages. And I've it's just, it's just far too expensive.
0: What's standard for a comic book? Is it 20 or 22, somewhere in there?
1: Yeah, well, your DC and Marvel are about 22, but there's also, it just kind of depends. But for a Kickstarter, you, your comic has to be at least 24 pages to be, you know, because you're asking the, the buyer for, to pay that premium for a comic. So you the average comic book on Kickstarter is 24 pages.
0: Well... Before, uh, I guess we we got recording, and before we had kind of a little preamble, and one of the things that we were talking about was uh, oh, I just lost my train of thought. Terrible,
1: it's oh, okay. <laughs> well, I could tell you, uh, so one thing that's coming up Alpha Dogs issue four is next. I am commissioning the cover first to kind of get the hype, and it's a my home homage cover. To a Spider-Man comic, which is pretty cool. I will. I have three covers for issue four, and of course, because I had did the, the Empire Strikes Back cover for Alpha Dogs three, I had to do a Star Wars cover for Alpha Dogs issue four, which is pretty cool. I did Spider-Man cover for issue four, so I'm excited. Like I said, I, I've that's probably the most um feedback i've got for any of my comics was issue 3 of alpha dogs people really enjoyed it. and i had i had warned people you know after issue 2 if some people said well not a whole lot happens in issue 2 and i said hey it's setting up issue 3 which is going to be great you just got to trust the process of storytelling so i think people people have really enjoyed issue 3 i think it's one of my favorite issues ever Written with with Alpha Dogs, I've from the because Alpha Dogs have been written for a while. Issue three and four, a lot of big things happen. So I'm really excited to see what people are going to think of Alpha Dogs issue four. I'm sure a lot of people have it in their head who read it that, well, I don't want to I don't want to say anything because uh, give too much away. But people are going to really enjoy issue four of Alpha Dogs.
0: I'm Go waiting ahead, to see dude. what happens after that cliffhanger. Yeah, <laughs> the one thing I caught that I really liked is I think you and I have the same movie sensibility Whereas uh, so. the, true, the true romance the true romance moment in there with the, uh, uh, with the boy, yeah I quote that movie all the time and that's the scene like uh, if my wife's leaving the house I'm like get some beer some cleaning products I just
1: <laughs> no, it, well, you know, my line is don't you condescend kind of to me yeah, that kind uh, of me, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't want—I didn't know how how g-rated you guys were, so I didn't want to say the the full exact line. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's my favorite
0: Brad Pitt role. So yeah,
1: just seeing yeah. a little a little hint of that in there, it kind of yeah. made my day. When um, I when I was writing it, I you know, I, to me the the fun thing about being a, a reader is to get something you don't expect at all to really, you want to keep the reader on their toes. You never want to become lax because then it gets boring. You don't want them to figure out, you know, who, who shot the, uh, the person halfway through the movie. So when I did the beginning of them busting into this house, I wanted, I said, okay, what's, what's the least, Someone is going to expect, you know, and not be something that's gratuitous or stupid, like a old people making love or, you know, something just for shock. value. I wanted something that would throw <laughs> people totally in a 180. And you now I wanted it to be humorous. And what's better than than the Brad Pitt scene is he's smoking his bong and the, the mafia come in. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that was James Gandolfini, too, if I'm not mistaken, in that scene. Tony um, Soprano
1: well, himself. They come in, yeah. Well, there's they come in twice. The the mob guys come in, yeah. Maybe, yeah. I think you're right. Tony Soprano comes in too. But then there's a, the mob guys that that walk in, and yeah, that's great.
0: We're doing a little movie movie memory <laughs> lane here. No big deal. <laughs> if you never seen True Romance, you got to see it. If you're a comic book lover like John and Tim and myself are.
1: Yeah, yeah, It's a must-watch. It's, it's, it's the precursor to Tarantino's uh, run of terrific, terrific movies.
0: So guess what? I just found my train of thought. Okay. And the question that I was going to mention is what we were talking about in the little preamble before, was that people seem like when you have a comic book, a superhero comic book or whatever, it's easy for someone to jump in, say like a daytime soap opera almost, they'll say where you jump in at any point and it's like there's enough familiarity there built in that you could just jump on. But when you're mm-hmm. starting out a fresh property with a 20-some page comic, less than 30 pages, you have a very limited window to, to get that story pushed out and told. I think you did a really good job with Dime Store Detective and on you know this, the superhero genre, which Alpha Dogs, I think, kind of falls into more than this one is is more, you know, conducive to that. But you yeah. did a really good job with this one. And I think, uh, I, I can't wait for issue two. You know, maybe just tell us a little bit about some of the limitations you find. We know that you, previously talking with you, you did some screenwriting before, and that's a different kind of mode of storytelling. But, like, what are the, what are some of the things that you find really challenging with, with telling a comic book story?
1: Oh, the, the time limit, you know, the 24-page limit. Uh, you can go more, but it's just more expensive. So right. trying to get everything in to not only set up a story and get an intro to these characters. People, especially nowadays, they, they don't like a lesson. They want you to go, go, go. So anytime you're right, you want to come in as late as possible to a scene. You don't want to you know, someone knock on the door, hello, how you doing? Oh, there's a dead body. You want to come in and see a dead body? You know, that's that's the technique. I think why I do pretty good with comics is I I in, do enjoy that 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 kind of quick uh, pacing. But at the same time, you know, you have a story to set up and you have to do it in a very short time. With my comics, they're very nonlinear. So in other words, so as, for example, Dime Detective, I've got to set up your world for the present, but also set up a world for the, you know, past. And mm-hmm. it's a little difficult to, but it, it, I think it makes you a better writer because you got to jump, you know, and, and get into things pretty quickly. Then only that, setting those two up, but then I have to, you know, get the case a little, get people's interest a little bit with, with the case of this serial killer, his third victim, the connection with the detective, and then give you. A little piece of our supernatural story because you know we've seen and read thousands of detective stories what sets yours apart and with mine i have the supernatural element to it with this family of bootleggers and this supernatural entity that comes upon and is I I, like i said i don't want to give too much away but plagues the Mackinder family in the series so i have got to do all this in 22 pages, 24 pages. And it's uh, like, it was a little bit of a challenge. As I said, when we were talking earlier, if people just, you know, give me a, hopefully enjoyed enough to invest in it with the kind of a tease, the issue one was I think they'll be very satisfied as the story goes along. Ed Brubaker, who is to me, one of the greatest comic book writers ever. You know, he writes the, Big noir. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Ed Brubaker. He does the reckless comics. He does uh he did the death of Captain America. He, he's just a phenomenal writer. He does his noirs in graphic novels. He doesn't even mess with the single issues. I think that's why is mm-hmm. he you've gotta get the story set up. So he I, I believe not to speak for the guy, but um I think that's why he does graphic novels because you've got five issues in one and so people will Definitely come along for the ride because it's all one story, as opposed to "Hey, I've got to get this mm-hmm. murder set up, this character set up." So, I don't know if you guys, if you guys haven't read Ed Brubaker's uh, Reckless series, you absolutely should because it's phenomenal. I, I, read, I know one. I've
0: got a whole bunch, but uh, yeah. of Brubaker's in my
2: collection. It, but it makes me wonder because, like, I a lot of the comics I read were bought by my older cousins, and back in the day, they used to make. Like a digest, right? Mm -hmm. And that would have a whole bunch of stories jammed in one, maybe two or three different heroes or whatever. Wasn't
1: it Archie's though? Wasn't it like Archie's and those kind of ones? No, no. It was Superman
2: or Batman or like they they all made digests, which now would be called a graphic novel, I think, right? Because they were, they were thick. They had a, they had a, they had a flat spine on them.
1: Now, were they smaller Uh, than a regular comic? Sometimes, but not always. Okay. So the the digest that we got when I was a kid were they were smaller than regular comic and they had a lot of like archies and yep. a lot of those. But those were terrific too. But I've
2: seen the, those I've too. Never seen so, those ones. so that's the precursor to uh to to uh the graphic novels. And okay. I always really enjoyed those ones because the story had some meat to it. And yeah. you know, as a kid with lots and lots of time, that's what I wanted at the time. But mm-hmm. I can see now how people, you know, they fit and that's how I read your comics. I I pick one up, I I read them over a period of five days, right? Pick one up, look at it after work, and that would be actually how much time I had. Like there wasn't, you know, a lot of time, so
1: yeah, I didn't have I time worried. for a, for
2: a book or yeah. anything.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think you. The people that got that had bought Alpha Dogs one, two, and three probably had a more enjoyable time than the ones that got one and had to wait you know six months for two and oh yeah but four months for three they uh were able to to get them all and and then and then you've got a pretty good payoff for for issue three so Mm -hmm. so
0: is that kind of like a compounding effect where people kind of come on at issue three and then they'll go back and buy one two and uh
1: Uh, is is that happening no, no, they just, if they, they almost nobody bought just issue three, unless they had bought the previous issues, there might've been a few people, but to the, you know, obviously I I don't know all the people that back it. Uh, like I said, I had a hundred, I had a hundred and I think one people for issue three and half of them, probably a little bit over half were people that bought, bought issue two. And then the other half, were, they just bought one, two and three out the best of my knowledge I, I don't but nobody nobody has contacted me and said oh i loved issue three i want to go back and get the other ones
0: no was, mm-hmm. but the catch-up ones like there's like the, the, the catch-up part where you kind of go get the pdfs for one and two yeah uh, you or, so look.
1: that's what most people did. they just bought all three issues and and oh really yeah yes yeah. there's uh yeah that's so it was, it was probably i don't know 60 40 people who had returned from issue two and as opposed to the people they just, the come in for the first time about 1, 2, and 3. I think the trailers really sell those, those comics, which is a little disappointing with Dime Detective, because I think I've put together a really good trailer, um, and it has not, I haven't got the response yet that I had hoped to have, but every comic, Kickstarter is different. Issue, my most successful one was, as far as backers, was issue one of Alpha Dogs, and it barely got funded. But at the last day, I had a the last two days I had a bunch of people jump on and buy it. So we'll see. So
2: does the time period, uh, the time of year, and stuff like that, like is it different this time, or or are there factors like that that are hard to figure out?
1: Yeah. So I will never, ever, ever do a Kickstarter again from October until after uh, February because during that time it was horrible. <laughs> uh, no. October, September was not too bad, but it was October, November, December. You did not want to have the Kickstarter going because I right know I'm sure the stab with big people were just fine, but the little, little guys like me that was, you know, it's just me promoting my stuff. It was brutal. People had didn't get anywhere near as much funding, but we had a big recession and Christmas time. So it, yeah. was, it was tough.
0: Timing is everything. Yeah, I guess. I'll open the floor to you guys here. I'll, whatever you guys want to talk about, we'll just let it rip.
1: Yeah, yeah. well, uh, to your people that listening, go check out the Kickstarter. There's a really great trailer on there. It's uh, Have you guys had a chance to watch the trailer for Dime Store 2? I, I just clicked it. on buy.
0: I just I just backed it.
1: Okay, well the trailer terrific. So at the very least, uh, check out the trailer. If that doesn't get your attention, I don't know what what would. Um, cause it's pretty great, and it kind of sets up. If you like the southern gothic stories, you know, Appalachian mountains down in uh, down in North Georgia where it takes place. So if you like noir, if you like detective mysteries, or even supernatural stories, then. I think you would like uh, Dampster Detective too. You're not going to see another comic like it. You know we have so much repetitive comics out there with the superhero genre. I just implore you to give something else a try. I, you won't be disappointed. The way I describe Dampster Detective is true detective meets Stephen King's it with a really really dark episode of Dukes of Hazard. So it's uh it, it's in the gamut, but.
0: Well, as someone who's looking, I do enjoy my superhero stuff. Everyone does. That's great. Mm -hmm. But there's so much of that out there right now that it's nice to see something of quality come along that's a little bit off the beaten path and a little bit into a different genre than people are used to reading in comic books. So I think what we're going to do, we'll have to put a link up to the trailer for this one, and then uh, we're going to encourage everybody that if you're listening, just go check it out for yourself. Take a look at it. And Share the shit out of the trailer if you could. Just share it, spread it far and wide because it's a good read. It really is, and you know, I I just want to make sure that it gets back for you. I want to read yeah. them all, so
1: yeah, I, I, I so do I. I want to write I want to get, it all, <laughs> get them all. Made. So I might. I, I have been talking to some people. I'm probably trying to get it published here pretty soon uh, because it's it's tough having the lag in between the issues, so. Buy it with any luck, if people enjoy my work enough, then I can get a publisher and hopefully have them come out a lot sooner than what they're what they are right now, so well, I was just going to say if people don't want to pay for shipping, you can get the PDF for issue one for five bucks and issue two for six bucks, so it's you're talking you know uh eleven dollars for over forty eight pages of content a comics. It's a pretty good deal,
0: yeah. It is a good deal, and uh, they're a great read. I, I don't know. I paid the shipping, and I'm I'm really happy I did.
1: I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's good so, to have the. I'm the physical copy
2: guy.
1: Yeah. So I'm, so I'm I. on
2: the Kickstarter page right now. So what's the best bet here? Looking at a variety of things.
1: Oh, um, uh, um, you can – well, there's three covers this time. Cover A, I wanted that to be – I don't know if anybody's familiar with the Hardy Boys. I wanted that art. Of of those old Nancy Drew mystery, Hardy Boys mysteries, uh, the the cover art for those dime store uh, novels, I've I've always been fascinated with. So I wanted kind of a throwback for that. For cover B, it's uh, a scene somewhat obviously exaggerated from from issue two that was much different, with no monster or anything like that. Just I wanted to show the boy that's. Seemly possessed, we'll find out in issue two against the detective in that church with that beautiful stained glass painting of the Archangel Michael. It's really sharp. And then for issue cover C is my favorite, one of my favorite cover arts that I've ever had done. I wanted it to be on one half, 1981, with the father um, as you can see from the architecture and I don't know if you guys are looking at the cover but the, the brick buildings with the um, which is going to play into the series, the, the old movie theater says the Evil Dead and Clash of the Titans which is uh, a little bit of foreshadowing and then on the right <laughs> is Detective McIner like, leaning on the car in the present time and as you can tell from the arch- architecture it's the present so I wanted that to be um, I don't know, I thought it was Pretty cool idea. <laughs> I made this on myself in the car. Of course, is the same because the car, which is a kind of a character in the story, much like the General Lee or the supernatural car, I wanted that to be kind of a character in the story itself. So the Moonshiners' car. And if you guys know NASCAR, that's how NASCAR was started. That was the birth of NASCAR. Was the Moonshiners with their souped-up cars trying to get away from the cops? So of course, our Moonshiners are, are going to have a really cool car. It's a heavy motor Barracuda, the old muscle car, and that gets handed down to the detective from his father. and He's still driving it today because the detective, at the heart of kind of the story is is the son's love for his father, who, even though he's been vilified, the family's been vilified by the town as being, you know, these murderers and killers and rum runners, the son never, it never falters the son's faith in his father.
2: Speaking of cars, that that looks like well, that's one of the options here on the Kickstarter. Is you can get custom packaged car. Yep.
1: yep, I did it for issue one, so I'm doing it for issue two. it's, okay. a, it's the it's the Moonshiner's car, a little toy car that um, has the custom packaging from the uh, cover art for issue two. So okay. I'm going to keep that tradition going and uh, do that throughout the series if I'm able to uh, get it funded and continue on, Damn Sure Detectives. Well,
2: I think that's the one I'm going for.
1: No okay. thanks. <laughs> You're gonna make my I wife just... make, a, make a custom car, are you? That's right. <laughs> she always complains. <laughs> I had to do the ones for the ones. <laughs> well, the she's making the click. custom car. It's
2: too late. She's making it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that, that that'll work. Yeah, she she she's the artist in the family, so she does all the custom packaging for them.
2: Well, that's that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. That is cool. It is. It is. People people enjoy it. I sold a few uh, the last time.
0: Oh, now <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't get that one. You made me feel bad, Tim. Again. What do you mean again? <laughs> I don't I don't know. I just, uh, I had to throw that in there. Oh. I, I thought it'd be funny. <laughs> now you got me worried. <laughs>
2: apparently, apparently I've been making Ryan feel bad.
0: No, 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 no. It's just yeah. Oh, we'll talk later. I don't know. I'm just joking. No, this is great. Uh, that's great. So you kind of got uh, a support team there helping you out.
1: Yeah, well, I, I definitely appreciate it. Uh, all the support helps to uh, get the word out. It's it's uh, as anybody know, being a indie creator when you, especially when it's just you. You know, I'm not part of a team or anything like mm-hmm. that. It's just me getting the word out. So it's a little more tougher, but. It is what it is. Nobody, nobody put a gun to my head. <laughs> it's, it's been
0: my passion, so I enjoy it. Well, no, it's great to see. This is a work of a work of art, a work of passion, and it just uh, comes from raw imagination. So, uh, we're more than happy to give you the give you the time to just talk it up on here. And well, I don't know. Like I said, we we can't say enough that we love it, and uh, we love Alpha Dogs, and we just. More John Dexter. That's what we want.
1: So. <laughs> well, thanks. Uh, I hope everybody feels that sentiment. I wish they would. It help. It would help a lot.
2: <laughs> well, it's yeah. It's a work in progress, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely.
2: Take the steps you to get to the be- top of the mountain, or oh, even yeah. up to the yeah. first cliff.
1: Yeah, I just you know, I was 2021 is when I when I started, so I'm still pretty new at the crowdfunder, Kickstarter, comic book thing. So, the nice thing is, is the um, Comic Cons have done have done pretty good for the few I sold 63 64 comics two weeks ago at the first comic con of the year so that was for somebody like me that was really good so I if yeah. I hit 25 I'm, I'm I feel like I've I've done something it could be just you know you go in there like is anybody gonna buy my? I'm sure you guys don't is anybody gonna buy my book <laughs> be shocked if they do so the fact that i got 64 over the two days i was i was very happy about
0: and that's phenomenal that's really good numbers actually i'd be really yeah. happy if uh if i sold 64 books at one thing
1: yeah so well that's nice thing, uh, yeah, exactly it's, it's 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 the nice thing is i have three alpha dogs so they usually come in and buy all three so i i try to do my best to pitch you want to I try to engage people. I never sit down. I get it right up in their face and try to sell them because, you know, man, I'll never see them again. So what do I care? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might as well just uh, throw caution in the wind and let it fly. Yeah, yeah. You can't ever, I don't want to say, well, I should have, no woulda shouldas in my vocabulary. I try to, try to do it.
2: Yeah, well, definitely. We'll have to put some, Let's I'll put a little bit of effort into putting the message out there for you, so. I'm well, terrible stem. at Facebook. I I go on there by accident. Let's let's face yeah. it. I'm...
1: Yeah, yeah, Well, when you live <laughs> in a, a camper, <laughs> I don't get much. Are you, I see you're still uh, living in the camper life. Oh you yeah, you can that. see it in the background oh, yeah. there. The boonies. Yeah, what what bonies are you stuck at now?
2: Uh, it's called Nutsford Campground. Yeah, and it's uh, six kilometers from Kamloops, which is in okay British Columbia.
1: So up on he's in mountain. the mountains. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I'm out. We're out where?
0: We're out in the prairies here, right in the uh, in it's the coldest uh, part. Oh yeah. yeah. It, it's pretty similar to Michigan here. It's it's not that different.
1: It's, yeah, uh, a, uh, little, a little little flatter. Yeah, but yeah. Well, at least you're home, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. I'm in my
0: house, so I I'm home every day. So I uh, I nice. Sorry, Tim. I tried to get you. I tried to get Tim working with me, but it just hasn't happened yet. One right. day, maybe. But you end up where you're but supposed. Yeah, to. <laughs> that's right. He but yeah, um, bucks. <laughs> yeah, they chasing the chasing the money. We got three inspectors here. That's that's hilarious to me. So <laughs> uh, what are the odds, right? Until Netflix signs
1: me, uh, I'm stuck doing this. <laughs>
0: well,
1: you never know, though one person with influence to see my work and like it enough and and then i uh hopefully the dream will uh finally come true with getting a, a publisher so
2: i mean we all watched <laughs> the tiger king right <laughs>
1: exactly so i didn't no <laughs> what well, no
0: lots of people did get off, so get
1: off the, get off this right now ryan and turn on netflix <laughs>
0: yeah all right. oh yeah it's that good <laughs>
1: It's that. I, uh, you know, it's, it's like a car it,
0: crash. It's a train with wreck. toxic
1: chemicals, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but even bigger than that. It's a train wreck. <laughs> with with the, taxi, yeah, the toxic chemicals
2: all over so, 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 the if we last watched, ones I
0: watched were... Uh,
2: oh, sorry. I guess I was getting at it. If we all watched Tiger King, why couldn't we watch some Dogs of Superpowers or some uh, detective action on there sponsored by John Dexter?
0: Well, we just got to find a way to get a Barracuda. Uh, I'm working on a camera. The old car works. We know that from
2: Supernatural, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I had seen that. I was a little disappointed. I should say frustrated. I had seen there's this new Netflix show about, how oh boy, this girl who can, she, is that Netflix? I started watching it, and well, I thought it was really, really bad. Um, she's a detective that can see into the future. And the car she drives, wouldn't you know it, it, is a '73 Barracuda, but it's green. <laughs> I was like, you've got to be shitting me. Nobody's done anything with a Barracuda ever that I know of. And then here's this new show, and she's driving around the year, the same year Barracuda as my uh, my Dampster Detective, but hers is a green, and her detective show is is very um, oh, it's written by somebody that's never had anything it's never been poor. I guess you could say it's just, this girl lives in a trailer park and she, it's just, it's, it's how a teenager from, um, you know, Venice beach would imagine somebody who lives in a trailer park. You know, it was, it was just a very pretentious, I thought, but anyway, so. Mm-hmm.
0: Barracudas, you don't see them very often. I think, uh, I don't know if you read the original comic book for the crow, but I think that was his mm-hmm. car was it? Really? barracuda. Yeah, in the comic well, book,
1: not the movie,
0: but okay. the comic book, he was a cuda
1: Bar- driver. Bar- well, the reason it's Barracuda for me is my dad who actually right now owns a Barracuda he rebuilt. My brother owns a Barracuda and my other brother owns Barracudas. They Oh wow. Um, yeah, my growing up, my dad that was his car was uh, was the his was a 67 Barracuda and he was rebuilding that and Throughout my childhood, that's what we always had was barracudas, uh, because that was my dad's passion was rebuilding those. Uh, he would get those from junkyards, rebuild them, and the people from around the town we live in the small town would come to listen to my dad start start the engine on that. Oh yeah, that that rumble—they sound like yeah. they're going to pass out, but then
0: you, they just don't.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love them. yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, there's nothing quite like the old uh, 440 guzzle sound.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, I had uh, I have an uncle who, uh, he's a big Mopar guy, and his is the the Chargers. He kind of had a like a, a viral Facebook moment a couple of years ago because he has a uh, Daytona, a 69, I think it's a 69 Daytona, and uh, he had it in his backyard. And one day in the middle of the afternoon, some guys came down the alley with a flatbed truck loaded it up and took off down the oh, really? road. And, yeah, they stole it. And then uh, it got reported and uh, everyone was kind of all along the way. It's not an actual Daytona. It's, I think it's I think it was a kit car, but it's still a, you know, it's, it's a charger body or whatever uh, with a with a kit on there. And it all painted up the Richard Petty blue and all that stuff and a big wing on the back. It's a pretty cool car. So it's hard not to spot. And people were putting up posts of it as it went down the highway. And I think the guys who, yeah, it was it was huge. And as uh, the guys kept going further and further, I think they were going, looking at their phones, going, oh, shit, it's not real. And they just dumped it on the side of the road and and left it. So he, he recovered it. Yeah, my grand, that was their cars were the Chargers. They had, uh, yeah. I remember booting around we, in one in the 80s. Yeah.
1: My wife, that's what she drives, uh, 2019 uh Dodge Charger that that's her that's her baby Oh boy Yeah just ripping like, around Yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah you're
0: Well you you live in car, cool car land like uh yeah. all of Michigan is rich oh, yeah. history my, automobiles
1: Yeah my my dad was Oldsmobile man I don't know if you ever watched the Christmas story Yeah with yeah. my my dad was uh what is Oldsmobile man that, my dad was uh, my dad was a GM man <laughs> Oh yeah yeah, yeah, and my brother has been working for GM for twenty five years. So yeah, it's definitely. Oh, is that right? Like that.
2: We're more of a pickup area where we where we're from. Well, you have
1: to be. You have to be up there. You <laughs> got to be a truck guy up there. Shoot, <laughs> trucks and tanks.
0: One of the things, John, I just wanted to say. Where I think we're off the record here now, but that's uh, <laughs> all right. Dime Store Detective has a. Uh, I don't know if you're a fan of preacher or not. And there's, like, a couple moments there. I was mm. like, holy shit, this has yep. kind of got some cool vibes in it like that. Like, uh the one little stretch of Preacher where he he kind of goes back and visits, like, he, well, I don't think he goes back and visits, but he gets kidnapped by his own family and kind of has to come to terms. Like, I love that stuff. And, oh, man. man, it's so good.
1: Yeah, I've never, yeah, like never read Preacher. No? No. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've it's never a, read Garth I read a few of his Punishers. That's about it. Uh, was Garth yeah. I've never read it. I don't think it's intentional or whatever,
0: but I just want to say, like, I, I don't know. I think that's, it's, it's high praise. Cause it, you know, like the punches that you get are the same kind of story punches that, uh, it oh, kind right. of took me back to reading that stuff. So, <laughs> and, and, you know, the thing I like about his work and yours is the kind of like the, the gritty honesty that's in there. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, the good and the bad the family dynamic like you know it's not always roses and sunshine it's not and it's not all bad either it's both a little bit of mix of one and the other so it's uh i don't know man i just i can't wait to read some more of this stuff you're you're, yeah. you're crushing me here yeah even though it's in black <laughs> even though those
2: flashbacks are in black and white the world is not black and white
1: Yes. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I need about a uh, hundred more Ryan's and, and I'll be doing pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to work on it for you. We'll see what we can do.
2: So we're going to look for sure. John Dexter's work on Kickstarter, right? Uh Dime, yeah. Dime Store Detective 2. I searched it. It came up right away. I had no trouble finding it. Not like last time where I fumbled around for 15 minutes trying to find it and it turns out that's because i spelled your first name wrong i was trying j-o-h-n but it's actually j-o-n that's why i couldn't find it last time i i clued in after we were off off the air but also on facebook john dexter and you can find them under yeah Yeah. alpha dogs or dime store detective on facebook would also hit
1: yeah there's plenty and i'm on twitter at Real alpha dogs on Twitter and on Instagram. It's alpha underscore dogs underscore comic. Usually, if you if you if you type in J O N D X D X T R on kick on uh, Facebook, I'll be at the top uh, usually because I have um, a few followers. So that's kind of helped a little bit people trying to uh, trying to find me.
0: Yeah. So if you're listening, the least you could do is give a follow, give a watch to the to the trailers for Dime Store Detective and Alpha Dogs and uh, support what you can.
1: Yeah, and if you missed out on Alpha Dogs, uh, I am offering as one of the tiers all three issues of Alpha Dogs, and you can pick the cover you want to uh, to go with it and get all caught up with all the comics that I've made, so uh, people have really enjoyed alpha dogs as well so if you uh want to read a bunch of comics and uh in support an indie creator it would go a long way
0: well i i want to i want to pitch something here and uh this is just to be funny but i think uh you know what would really be funny is that if everyone bought the tier where they got the car and we sold like (laughs) a thousand of those (laughs) and then your wife had to paint a thousand cars so when she if she ever does meet us, she could curse us out. That'd be hilarious.
1: In a good she, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it would, be, it would be great. Everyone buy the one with the car. Exactly. Buy the one with the car. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be great. Yeah, she would want me to learn how to, to work her uh, her machines to, uh, to do that, though.
0: Oh, you'd have to. All right, John, well... It's been a pleasure to talk to you again, and uh, we we hope you all the best success. And we're gonna do our best to see if we can support you in any way you want. And you're always welcome to come back here and
1: talk about anything you'd like. We would love to talk to you. Well, thanks, Ryan, and thanks, Tim. I appreciate you guys having me on, uh, and we'll have to do it again when Alpha Dogs Four launches. Hopefully, in three months is my is my goal. Nothing's been drawn yet for Alpha Dogs Four, but. We'll uh, definitely have to pick back on and uh, talk about it again.
0: Sure. Absolutely.
1: And Absolutely. I guess
0: it's been it's been a slice. It has <laughs> been a slice. Talk to you later, guys. See ya.